Welcome to The Author Show, where we feature new authors and books, from fiction to self-help and everything in between. You'll find it all at theauthorshow.com. That's theauthorshow.com. And now let the show begin. Hi, this is The Author Show, and I'm your host, Linda Thompson. Our book is Finding the Lost, book two in the Moose Beach Trilogy by Michael Foster. In Finding the Lost, our heroine, Alicia, is visiting a mountain cabin in the wilds of Idaho. Michael is here to share more of Alicia's story. Michael, welcome to The Author's Show. Thank you for having me. I'm uh, thrilled to be on. Michael, will you please give us a quick overview of Finding the Lost? Sure. As you mentioned, the main character, 14-year-old Alicia, is visiting her cabin in Idaho, and her family becomes affected by some hostile magic, and she must journey to the wild side in search of answers from the ancients that live there to hopefully save her parents and potentially the whole world. Well, that's a little spooky. As I mentioned in my intro, Finding the Lost is the second of the Moose Beach trilogy. Is Moose Beach a real place? It is, but it's not officially called that. It's my family's name for a location. Finding the Lost is categorized as children's fiction, yet there's a fantasy flavor in it as well. How would you categorize your book? I would definitely call it fantasy adventure, though I tried to make the magical aspects feel more grounded in reality rather than heavily magical world. What would you say is the ideal age group of readers for your trilogy? I would say anywhere from 9 to 16, though I did write it in mind with the idea that parents could be reading this to their kids and enjoy the story as well. Is there anything in your book that would keep a younger kid awake at night with nightmares? Potentially. The first book has an animal attack. Well, both books have an animal attack in them that's a potentially very scary situation, though there's nothing very graphic or bloody in either of these first two books. Where did the inspiration come for your storyline in your trilogy? Actually, it came from growing up and spending time at my own cabin in Idaho on a lake. And my wife suggested that I write a story about it one year, about 10 years ago. And I eventually got around to to doing just that. Now when she gives me a task to do, she makes sure to put a timeline on it. So, you know, it's like you should take out the trash. I'll get to that in 10 years. No, you know. Well, that kind of makes sense to me. (laughs) So tell me, since this is your first couple of books, do you think that there's any other author who may have influenced your style of writing? I certainly read a lot growing up. And the first book, I thought a lot of A Wrinkle in Time from Madeline Ellingle. But I also read a lot of Terry Brooks and... Robert Silverberg. There were a lot of fantasy and science fiction that I read growing up, and I'm sure it all kind of inspired me in some way. I love the illustration on your book cover. Who is that very talented illustrator? Her name is Gloria Miller Allen, and she lives in Idaho. And I discovered her because she'd done a 
painting of a bear for my mother, and I saw it, and as soon as I saw it, I thought, that is the art style I would love to have in my book. The interesting thing is when I contacted her, she'd never done illustrations for a book before. So she kind of accepted this as a new challenge for her and just absolutely loved it. Will Alicia also be the star of book three? And can you give us a bit of a teaser? So book one was written as a very standalone piece. I had no idea I was going to do a trilogy at the time. Book two takes place three years after book one. And book two definitely ends, but opens up a whole new potential world. And book three will pick up literally two days after the end of book two, because clearly some things got broken in book two and they will need to be fixed. (laughs) Well, is it difficult for you to write in a female voice because Alicia is your protagonist? Interesting question. I base the character a lot on myself and my mother, but also on my daughter, who's 22 now. But watching her grow up and spending summers at our cabin, I wrote a lot trying to see the world through her eyes. Did you talk to her about your character as you were writing to get ideas from her? Actually, I didn't. I kind of wanted to surprise her. I didn't talk to anybody about the first book. I wrote it completely in private before I shared it with anybody. So, no. So, you're spending all this time writing a book and you didn't even tell your wife why you weren't taking the trash out? (laughs) (laughs) No, it was absolutely... I, I wrote the first book there at my cabin when I was there without my wife because I wanted to come home and surprise her. And say, here, I wrote this. I know you asked for it 10 years ago. Here's the story. So it was, it was completely a surprise for her. It was a surprise for me to even write it in the first place. But Well, what were the reactions of both your daughter and your wife when you finished it? Shock and amazement. My wife immediately dove into reading it and just fell in love with the characters I'd made. And my daughter the same way. She could absolutely see elements of herself in the character, and uh, she loved reading about locations that she'd grown up with, but now we're, we're in this fantasy world. Michael, did you always have visions of being an author? I considered it on and off for several years. I actually have a couple of paragraphs here and there of books I'd started before and just never continued for one reason or another. I guess maybe the topics weren't inspiring enough. So I'd never seriously considered it. It was always just kind of something in the back of my head that I'd I'd like to write a story. Is there a message or perhaps a moral of the story in Finding the Lost that you've added for your readers? It's a continuation, a little bit of the first. The first story is all about family and how family can take all kinds of forms. And the second book, the message is hang on to that magic of youth. Don't let it go. You know, we we get so caught up and focused on our, our current day-to-day things that we forget to just remember what it was like to be children. I think it's very important that we at least save a little part of ourselves to be a child forever because it's really important to have fun and to just forget all the cares of the world. So is that what Alicia's doing? She is. I mean, she's getting ready to go into high school, and she's so focused on school and her grades. 
that she's lost a little bit of the magic of youth, uh, hence the name of the book, which actually refers to many things that are lost, but one of those happens to be rediscovering that magic within herself. Michael, will you please read a short excerpt from Finding the Lost for our listeners? Sure, I'd be happy to. Alicia sat close to the small campfire she had made, holding her fish over the flames using a thick willow branch she'd carved as a skewer. She'd spent almost an hour trying to hunt fish with her makeshift spear, thrusting it into the water near the shoreline and missing several times. Night was falling, and she'd worried that the encroaching darkness would make it impossible to see. But eventually, her efforts paid off, and she looked forward to the trout that by now had nearly finished cooking. She rested the long skewer between two of the stones at the edge of the fire, digging the handle end of the stick into the soft dirt so that it wouldn't tip over and drop her meal into the coals. She turned and grabbed her backpack, removing the knife from the front pocket where she had stored it after carving the cooking stick. Flipping open the pocket knife, she turned back toward the campfire and froze, her breath catching in her throat. Staring at her from the dark of the woods on the opposite side of the flames were two eyes the deepest shade of gold that she had ever seen. Alicia couldn't move. She couldn't think. All she could do was stare at those eyes hovering a few feet above the ground. The golden eyes held hers unblinking, firelight reflecting off their surface. All the sounds of the woods seemed to have stopped, and the lights she had seen dancing through the trees were no longer visible. The silence that settled over her camp was almost deafening, only the wind, which had reawakened with the setting of the sun, had a voice. As she watched, a huge paw came into view from the bushes. Despite the heat from the fire, Alicia suddenly felt chilled, as if she had been doused in icy water. From out of the darkness of the forest stepped an enormous cougar, and it looked hungry. Oh my gosh. Um, yeah, that'll give me nightmares. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me, Michael, where can we learn more about you, about your book, and most of all, where can we purchase Finding the Lost? You can learn more about me on my website, which is michaelscabinbooks.com. I've got a biography of myself there. I've got a blog that I've written about several topics that I find of interest or I hope other people do, as well as links to be able to purchase the first and second book of the trilogy. And I also have some information there I wanted to share about the Wildland Firefighter Foundation. This is a organization based in Idaho, and 5% of all my royalties I am donating to the Wildland Firefighter Foundation. What they do is support the families that are left behind, especially with the amount of wildfires we've been having in California, what we're seeing in Australia, and in particular, the forest fires in Idaho, which almost destroyed my cabin. I felt I wanted to give back because these firefighters put their lives on the line, and a lot of them don't make it. This Wildland Firefighter Foundation helps those families that are left behind, and I think it's a very important fund and I'm happy to support it, and I just wanted to bring attention to it. Absolutely. Thank you so much for that. We've been talking with Michael Foster, author of Finding the Lost. 
Michael, it's been a delight to talk with you today. Thank you so much for sharing Alicia's adventure with us. I'm sure you captured the attention of a lot of our listeners. And I do hope that you'll come back again when you release the third book in your trilogy. Absolutely. Thank you very much, Linda. It was a pleasure to be on here, and I hope everybody enjoys the book. An enchantingly magical tale about finding friends in the unlikeliest of people and working together with them to achieve your wildest dreams. You just know you've got a winner when a 7th grade student writes a review like that. So if you would like to gift Michael's book to the young person in your life, visit michaelscabinsbooks.com and order your copy today and know that you will also be supporting the Wildlife Firefighter Foundation. And please share this interview with your friends so that they too may become acquainted with our author. And remember that the author show may be accessed at any time at theauthorshow.com. Plus, selected interviews can also be found on the major podcasting platforms such as Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Google Play, and many more. Whether you're an author who would like to be featured or a reader in search of new books, theauthorshow.com is a really great place to start. Thanks for listening to The Author Show. Find out more about authors and their work at theauthorshow.com. Theauthorshow.com. Tune in next time to another great author on The Author Show.